Hello. Class of cannabis. It's been a glorious year. I want someone in here to stand to their feet and tell me their best way to smoke. Who will it be? You right your name goes. Not him. What's up with y'all out there? This is the Best Way to Smoke podcast, and you smoking with Big J. And Serpo Jr. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, and tell a friend. Most definitely do that. Tell a friend, tell a friend. And we got a special guest in the house today. We got Caddy Kareen from Caddy's Cartridges. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You I'm good. Doing? Yep, yep. So, look, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Like, you know, we always do. Everybody that um, leave comments, the subscribers, we appreciate y'all. So, before we jump all the way into the show, we're going to ask you, uh, Caddy, what's the what's a, a best way to smoke tip that you got for the people? Um... I'm thinking, you know, for me personally, I love to smoke, wake and bake, but sometimes I just get so tired and have so much to do every day, you mm. know? So I learned to, you know, reward myself at the end of the day and be like, okay, I handled all my business. Now it's time to smoke. Yeah. I like that. You know, yeah. unless you're hitting a cartridge throughout the day, because, you know, I might run into a little traffic or some stress uh -huh. and then... Keep that vape pen on deck, yep. hit that during the day, and you're good to go. Get through your day and get home so you can smoke that fat blunt. Yep, <laughs> yep. I like that, too, though, because if you you out there, you're a smoker, and it's like a stoner, I would say, and it's like you're busy, you're ripping and running, you can't get that wake and bake, and if you got it in your mind, like, oh, I got a reward afterwards, it may put a different work ethic, you know what I'm saying, throughout your day, knowing I'm going to get that bomb gorilla glue at the end of the day. Exactly. Yep, yep. and just to even just handle it in your business. You taking care of your business by the end of the day, and then you smoke that fat one, and you cool. Satisfaction. You know what I mean? It was all yep. worth it. Yep, yep. <laughs> so look, yeah, that's the best way to smoke tip. So we want to, um, like, tell us about you, like, where you grew up at, and, you know, how you grew up and stuff. All right. Well, um, I'm Sicilian, so my family's from the East Coast of Boston, Mass area. Mm -hmm. yeah. My mom moved to L.A. when I was one with my sister and myself. And uh, we settled like in Southgate, Linwood area. Yeah. And later on, we moved to Bellflower. So I'm a Bellflower native. I just right. two raised me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. Dope, yeah. Bellflower is a city. Yeah, yeah. So, how was it growing up in Bellflower? You went to Bellflower High? I did, yes. Yeah. I went to elementary and high school in Bellflower. So, yeah, I what? got love in the city. It's pretty dope because it's still the same people, mostly. You know, it's like go back and run into the same people all the time mm -hmm. and you get love. Yep, yep. So that's like, that's the area that you do a lot of your, um, your stash and um, dash um, kind of stuff? Um, I've done a couple in Bellflower. I actually did my first one at the city of Bellflower Sign, right okay. behind the letter B, you know? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that one was great. They came in 23 minutes. It was actually uh, another person that went to Bellflower mm -hmm. High, a friend yeah. of mine, a real one from the city. And um, he pulled up like in 25 minutes. So that was great to see that people see the response to it. Yeah. And then uh. I did one at a local bar there and that I used to work at because I used to bartend as well. So, it, you know, it was a good turnout. 
That's what's up. Yeah. So um, tell us, how did you get the name um, Caddy Corinne? Oh, Caddy Corinne. It came from, actually, I first started in the car show scene, like dub shows and all that, okay. doing a lot of promo modeling. And then I just, I seen this. Actually, you know what? Kim Kardashian had this pink and white Range Rover years ago. And then I was like, you know, Cadillacs, like, I wanted to get a Cadillac, obviously, because of my Sicilian roots. And mm -hmm. my grandfather right. had a Cadillac. And um, I got that idea to kind of replicate my Cadillac the same way. So I did the pink rims, the pink grill. Um, and then I got recognition in the city because of the girl with the white and pink Cadillac. Huh. And then I did, like, dub shows with my car. I was in That's the shows dope. and had booths. And so they just started calling me Caddy. Like, uh -huh. Caddy, no. what's up? And, it, and just, I, uh, it just stuck with me, and I was like, I'm rocking with it. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Uh -huh. And that's unique, too. Yeah, it is. You, you remember what year Cadillac it was? Uh, 2003, CTS four-door. Okay, okay. Stunting on them, stunting on yeah. them. Oh. I see, like, you had spent some time dancing before. I did, yeah. What type of dancing were you into? Um, I actually, it's funny, because as a kid, we used to, my sister and I used to choreograph dance moves to like Paula Abdul and I, right. you know, J-Lo and all that and perform for my parents. So I always, it was into like hip hop and choreography dance. Well, you know, my path took different, a uh, different route, but I ended up becoming a, a exotic dancer Yeah. Um, at 18 because I was a teenage mom. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was the way, you know, the way out of the struggle. And I started dancing at various clubs in Los Angeles and kind of, you know, just worked my way around Los Angeles and built a good reputation for myself in that scene. So it, it was just for the hustle, you know, uh -huh. and then yeah. it was just trying to make something of yourself, like a lot yeah. of young women that are young mothers. Yeah, I was just going to ask that, too, like coming up in the dancing, like in, the, in the dancing world, and it's like you're, you're a beautiful, attractive woman. So once you go in there, like how was that? that juggle because it's like it seemed as you wasn't there to make this my occupation you know i'm sitting here to like make ends meet to do something because i'm a mom here mm -hmm. like how was that um yes it for me it was first because i was i was a runaway at the time i was um you know going through struggles of being in an abusive relationship and for me it was my way out like an escape Mm -hmm. um, to get on my feet within my first three months of dancing, I already had my own apartment. You know, I, I was able to provide for my child. That was, you know, I was 18 with a four year old or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, for me it was that. And then I, I had actually had some friends that gave me a lot of game at a young age. Like my friend, yeah. Antonio McKee, he's AJ McKee's father. He's actually okay. a right. championship fighter. Mm -hmm. Um, Antonio McKee was a mentor for me growing up because he hired me at his pager shop and yeah. I was the girl in the front, you know, activating the pagers, yeah. but they had, I heard all the game that they were talking in the back. Cause it was right. a bunch of dudes back there, you mm -hmm. know? And, um, I used to hear them talk about dancers and how they don't save their money and how they, you know, it just, they make it all and then it's gone and they have nothing to show for it. They're mm -hmm. looking shot out at this age, still in the club. Yeah. And I was just determined to not be that, but do something positive with it. That's you cool. Know. You paid attention. Yeah. You know, I did. A, a lot of youngins that's like kind of like in that stage in life, because I'm pretty sure all teenagers going into their 20s or whatever been at that crossroad. And it's yeah. like some of them, we know what we know. I don't want to hear nothing else. But it seemed as if like you paid attention. And it's like the game that you got, it seemed like it led other other places. 
So it seemed like that's after the dancing is when you went into the modeling. I was still um, dancing while I was modeling um, and doing like Chicano rap videos and and going to all the car shows and just right. passing on my flyers and doing all the footwork, mm-hmm. just walking up to people and introducing myself like, hey, I'm Caddy Corinne. And if you need a model for this or that. So I started getting hired for, you know, like doing uh, working for Swift, all these known car clubs. Yeah. Um, and. So I was still hustling, but this I was actually doing all this stuff for free, like mm-hmm. sometimes doing promo modeling for free or just going out to the shows. And sometimes it's on my own expense just so I could be out at these places. Paying your dues. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, it worked for me, you know, so I used that leverage and that in that industry, both ways to brand my image, but then actually brand my own brand that I carry on today, which was mm-hmm. now Caddy's. Lo- the logo itself yeah. is, you know, yeah. so the image turned into a brand. Yeah, that's, that's what's up. That's so, what's up. So during that time, right there, like with the with the promos and a and a and a and the model, I just want to know, like, what was the your hottest peak right there? As far as like, did you make magazine covers or like? Oh yeah, you know, 2012, I had a calendar out. All, you know, 12 months of me. <laughs> That's dope. Uh, it did great. I had my own booth at the car shows. People were just, the response was amazing. And I was on the cover of Low Rider Scene. Wheels Magazine was a big stepping stone mm-hmm. for me. Kevin Childs had my back. He's put me on so mm-hmm. many covers. Sometimes I'll be like, Kevin, I'm played out. They don't want to see me no more. <laughs> but he'll be like, no, Gaddy, they still want to see you. You know, so yeah. he put me in the magazine with my car. He gave me a lot of opportunities, you know, so... um yeah, I was, you know, I, I actually started making a name myself on a magazines and we, we didn't have social media back then. Mm-hmm. So no one's going to yeah. see you unless you're on a magazine, you know, yeah. you're just not, right. they can't just scroll. And, so. Right, right. Yeah. And I know, you know, like now in this day and age, a lot of people talk about trademarks and making mm-hmm. sure that you trademark your names, your products and stuff. Is that something that you made sure that you do, that you did? Oh, definitely. Yep. I started that. Smart. Dad- Back in the day, I just even started um, building my brand like Caddy Corinne Entertainment, just so yeah. my name, Caddy Corinne, was branded and yeah. copyright and all that. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I've been using business names for my business and yeah. ever since, you know, so that's a definite first thing I do. Yeah, that's um, that's definitely a good move. And um, you, you. Anytime you start a business or you um, trying to do something in that realm, you definitely want to make sure you trademark it because if you have a good idea, mm-hmm. you know, people will come try to swoop in and, and steal your shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, going through all the trials and tribulations that you uh, went through, do you think that helped propel you into like the hustler? Because you seem like you a hustler. You bought your business and all that. So do you, do you think all that helped propel you to where you at now, the way you moving and shaking now? For sure. If, you know, um, nothing good in life comes easy. So I feel like if everything was handed to me, I wouldn't be as driven or ambitious as I am today because I'll never give up. Like Mm -hmm. I had a store in Bellflower for a few years and I just couldn't give up. I was just, you know, determined to make something of it. And I'm still like that. I just even like I still want to what's next. You know, what else can we do next? So, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about Caddy's Cartridges. So Caddy's Cartridges uh, was actually an idea that one of my friends sent me a mock-up of, right. a flyer. Um, shout out to Anaheim Tune because he gave me the idea for that. Shout, shout out. out. 
Uh, he gave me a mock-up of a flyer, just kind of messing around with my picture on it and all these little names. Wow. And I was like, this is dope. You know, I think I'm going to do something with this. Mm-hmm. Sat on it, didn't do it. I was, you know, I had my store. I was still uh, bartending hustling. So I was like, oh, it, it took a back page, a back of a page of it all. And then uh, was it 2020? Obviously, COVID hit. And I was just chilling. And I was like, well, I got to do something with this. Let me do some, you know, research and start you know, self-teaching myself, what right. I could, what, you know, some knowledge about it. So that's kind of how that happened. I just started networking with people and asking questions. And once again, getting out there and doing the footwork, knocking yep. on doors. Yep. Because the wholesale industry is a whole different business in uh. the cannabis industry. So those are, I didn't know those people yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, do you produce your own cartridges in-house? So I do manufacture and distribute myself. Um, I started off just cooking in the kitchen, like hmm. with a hot plate and some raw distillate, and organic turps, and doing it manually myself. And they taste good too, though. Thank yeah, you. Me personally, like like the one that I've got, I, I went through mines, you know. And it's like the the thing that I like about it is you got the breakdown of what's all there, you know. And it's like the cartridge itself. It's like I I hit the cartridge, I get whatever brand. You gave me the uh, the banana OG. Mm-hmm. Tastes just like banana OG. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it didn't choke. Like some of them, it'll choke you out. This, it didn't choke me out. You know what I'm saying? You get your little weed cough or yeah. whatever it may yeah. be. You don't taste the coil up in there. And it's like, it was just cool and smooth. You know, and it's like, I like that about Caddy's cartridge. Thank you very much. I take pride in it. The quality for me is very important because I'm not. I don't want to put my name on no bullshit. No bullshit. Yeah. So for me, that's very important. So thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. What's what's your um, top selling flavor? Banana Kush is my top seller. Okay. To be honest. Um, yeah. yeah, I have a great response for that because they like that tropi- tropical, yeah. juicy fruit flavor. Um, and now I actually started off with the half gram cartridges, which was my marketing yeah. round. Mm-hmm. Started off with a yeah. thousand half gram cartridges. They're they sold out. They, it was great. And um, now I'm moving on to the full gram. So, you know, I now have nine strains. I had six before. So I'm just, you know, elevating. And That's dope. I ain't familiar with, with all the name of the strains, but I remember Banana, like you had, you got a list of it, you know, and oh. Banana, I think was one of them. But like me, I thought it was like, I think it's OG Blue or Blue OG or something like that mm-hmm. you have. Gangsta I don't know. Gangsta Gangsta that's the one OG. I had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that one was going to be like number one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on your uh, taste, you know, preference. A lot of people like to have just an OG funk taste. Mm-hmm. Oh. You're going to go with the Gangsta Blue OG if you like that little fruit or just the flavor. Because a lot of people like flavor and vapes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so it's just a preference. But... Gangster Blue OG is, uh, it was actually a memory of our our pit bull. My, my sister's pit bull was our family dog, That's Gangster dope. Blue. So. That's dope. What's your favorite? Which one is your favorite to smoke? I actually start came out with this new strain, Cotton Candy Kush. Okay. So I like it because it's sweet, it's girly. <laughs> Banana Kush is also, also one of my tops. Right, right, right. As far as flour, what's your best way to smoke? What, what strain do you prefer? Uh, I like an indica. Okay. Yeah. You got a top strain. If I had a pick a strain, I I like uh, cookies. Cookies. Something strong. Yeah, cookies yeah. are bomb. Yeah. 
That's what's up. Or Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> always been my favorite, Gorilla Glue. Yeah, that's Sky, my top. And then Skywalker. Yeah. It's like I went to the Gorilla Glue because it's like it's it's Skywalker off top. Right. Like when everything, like when when California, when we first started getting our wrecks and stuff, like really out there in like Bellflower area, like Whittier and all of that old type stuff, that's where they had like the deals. You come buy one, get one, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they had all these different flavors. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I was stuck on a Skywalker. I go out there, I get the Skywalker, but then it's like Gorilla Glue came on the scene. No more Skywalker. No more. Yeah. Yeah. Number four. So, so, but so it's the still the OG Blue. Skywalker yeah. though. Yeah. 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 Man. So and like like to rewind it a little bit, I see you be on there, you be cooking too. And it's like I'll be saying this, like I'm like, man, this like <laughs> some of this yeah. stuff deserved to be on somebody's exotic yeah. menu or something. That's how I be looking. Like, yeah. you know, like like what you've been the trailblazer that you are, it seemed like it's the total package right here. Like what got you into the kitchen and, and making it so proper like? Uh, <laughs> um, I take a lot of pride in my cooking, to be honest. I I love to cook. It's like my getaway. Mm -hmm. I love to watch my family enjoy the food. Mm -hmm. um, I'm Italian, you know, Sicilian, so it's in my blood to cook. And I grew up, obviously, also around a Hispanic family. My mm -hmm. son's family right. is Hispanic. Right. The moms had me in the kitchen. Oh, like, yeah. There was no questions yeah. asked. Right. So right. you got a mixture of it. You got the Spanish cooking mixed in with the Italian cooking. What's one of your favorite dishes that that bring both of those cultures together? Um, my, one of my favorite dishes, well, I like to make chile verde. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, Italian, but that's right. one of our oh, favorites I know in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I love to make lasagna. You so. make it from scratch? I don't make my own pasta, yeah. but yeah. that will happen eventually. I just that's don't have right. enough room in my kitchen at the moment. Right, right. <laughs> that's what's up. But, you know, during quarantine, I started just kind of replicating restaurants. And that's when I really started just, mm. I had a lot of time on my hands. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to, like, enjoy that with my friends that I would invite over at the time and my family and kind of replicate restaurants and do the little garnishes on the extras yeah. with the drinks That's and dope. try to replicate the Mastro's lemon drop and, you know, yeah. all the cute little dry ice. And, you know, it's meaningful for us. So it's just enjoyable for the family to enjoy. And it. I'm pretty sure they enjoy it because it, it seems as if like it, like if you go on follow Caddy Korean, because I'm pretty sure that's that's the page that I saw it on. And it's like the way it's set up. It seemed like you feel like you got one of them restaurants. Like it doesn't even have the price at the yeah. end of the uh, yeah. presentation is everything because people's eyes, it what is what makes them you know eat first. Really, you eat yeah. through your eyes yeah. and then it's taste. But if it doesn't look good, you're already like, nah, I'm nah, good, I'm cool. right? Mm -hmm. So first of all, it's presentation and then taste. <laughs> so like like from from you being like East Coast born, West Coast raised, do you do you spend time like do you travel back home? Um, or is the West Coast your home? Yeah, the West Coast is my home. That's I right. don't like cold weather, to be honest. Uh, I like to be by the pool with a nice drink and just, uh -huh. you know, by the by the water and the nice drink. Um, it's beautiful there, though. You know, just maybe now, like, or later on, <laughs> I'll but, enjoy it more. I didn't mm -hmm. appreciate it when I was younger because I wanted the city life and just, you right. know, be in L.A. Right. Yeah. But um, I haven't been back for a long time, to be honest. Yeah. So when you made your transition out of dancing into to moving into other areas, um, was it was it easy to make that transition or hard because of the money that you was probably bringing in from stripping, dancing? Mm -hmm. 
I actually started making so much more towards the end. It was like something was trying to draw me back in. Right. You know? Um, but I had um, I had already started opening the store and building the steps to get out. And it was finally just I had to tell myself to just do it like this, you know, because until you actually take that chance, you're never going to know. And then you're like, wow, I should have did that a long time ago. You know, mm -hmm. but everybody feels like when they lost their job, like, oh, it's the end of the world. But really, it's like maybe something else is meant to be for you. So yep, I've experienced that before. Yep, that's true. Yeah, um, I was able to go take a baby step into bar back into bartending, mm -hmm. which helped me transition a lot because I was able to take my customers and now bring them to the bar and, mm -hmm. you know, they were still throwing me money behind the bar and mm -hmm. I was still kind of making the same amount of money, if not more. Mm -hmm. And, um, and working in my store during the day and doing mm -hmm. that at night a few days a week, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit, it was hard because I was so used to the lifestyle, but I knew that I couldn't live that lifestyle forever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had to find, make, finally make a decision after, you know, just kind of having like kind of at a depressed time when you're like, What's next? What else are right. you going to do after this? And you can't do this forever. So, you know, a lot of women probably don't know what to do or take the steps to do it. So mm -hmm. I just worked my ass off. Yeah. It take a lot of drive yeah. to do that and, like, make that transition and yeah. stuff like that. Because a lot of, I can see a lot of women, and I've known of a lot of women that got stuck, you know, that just be stuck there, mm -hmm. you know, and can't slide up out of it. That's yeah. good. Thank you. Yeah, that's, look, that's good. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so you've been telling us about the store. Tell us about the store. What type of pearl is it? What type of what? What type of clothes? What type of clothes you selling at the store? Oh, um, at the store, I had a lot of uh, club wear. You know, the dresses, uh, dope, urban gear, just mm -hmm. real sexy urban gear for the ladies. So the ladies, they still can get this, this, this wear. Yeah. So I, I still have my boutique shopcandyscorner.com. I do an online boutique now. Okay. I shut the store right before COVID, thank God, because COVID hit like two months later. Man. And I just decided to go online with that. And um, so that that's that's caddiescorner.com? Caddies Corner Boutique. Boutique. Caddies oh, Corner my boutique. website is shopcaddiescorner.com. Yes. Shopcaddiescorner.com. Oh. And you can find it on Instagram at what? Caddies Corner Boutique. Yep, Caddies Corner Boutique. Let's go. All right. Uh, as far as the, the, the cartridges and it's like the, the legalization and everything, like, are you, are you licensed to the way you cook your stuff and produce everything out there? So actually, yes, I do have my uh, manufacturing license mm -hmm. with the department of cannabis control. I actually just got a warehouse, um, nearby. So I'm going to start manufacturing in the warehouse and do, uh, you know, just have, I, since I was doing it all by hand, I'm mm -hmm. going to get a machine and invest more in that for my full gram cartridges. So that's in the works. Oh, that's dope. Mm -hmm. So go, going through the licensing process, was mm -hmm. it hard to get licensing? Yes, it is. Uh, I think the thing that scared me the most was the fingerprinting part. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think I just had this in my mind, like, oh my gosh, I, I don't have like a criminal background. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been arrested and stuff, of course, but not like felons or felonies yeah. or anything. What? But still, it's spooky. And mm -hmm. then, um, you know, just like, oh, are they gonna, you know, am I gonna pass or whatever? And then, yeah, there's little loopholes, and you know, then wait, hold on, not yet. You know, you just gotta keep what? on finding the loopholes throughout everything. So, so they actually to get a um, a license to distribute and manufacture, you they they fingerprint you. Mm -hmm. For a criminal background check. Correct. That's, that's, mm. 
Crazy. I wonder if that's like one of the things because it's a lot of people that they they get scared to go through those hurdles. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like like how you say like it's scary, you know, because you don't know what's gonna pop up. But once you did it, it's like you see like, oh man, I'm cool, I'm legit. You know what I'm saying? You took off. So like for the person that's out there that's that's trying to go about that, and they have like if it's not even the fingerprinting. If it's some of the other things like reading over some material, learning some rules and regulations, like 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 what type of inspiration would you get that person that that sees that hurdle? Um, I mean, it's kind of it's easy as long as you have the tools to do it. You know, the finances, and drive. And, you know, you have a clean record and all that. So, I mean, the first thing you can do is make that step is just go mm-hmm. for it. You know? Yeah. So what about like like cause you know we on a we on a road to like legalizing this stuff and to decriminalize it. Do you feel as if the the cannabis industry itself, whether it be manufacturing, uh clothing, growing, like if they decriminalize it and you were and like locked up and come home, do you believe that like jobs should be set for those for those people there? In the industry? Yeah. Like you think that should be like somewhere where the door would be like all the way open. It wouldn't be hard to, to gain employment. Um, if you smoke weed. Like if if you done been convicted of like if oh. you have weed felonies and such like that, mm-hmm. because it's like it's some people out there that you know they even got caught with a bag of weed. You got some instances like like people got caught with just a joint, you know, and they end up doing like 10, 15 years and behind bars and such. Right. So it's like if they decriminalize it, it's like that part of this person's life is like, is he race now? Right. So and it's like, and then once you do come home, even though now they it's it, it kind of barred from testing for weed, so people can still work. But it, some people may still have a bias because of your background. Now, do you feel as if like once it's decriminalized and the doors are open even wider for manufacturers you know people that got something it's to in offer the industry. do right. you think like like those doors should be open for those people yes i think that they should i um i think that the little if it's minor laws you know minor you know you they broke minor laws i think mm-hmm. they should be forgiven so yeah yeah i'm in agreement with that because it's it seems as like people like in younger days they may mess up or do something but now People are grown, taxpaying citizens, taking care of families, they and own households. You shouldn't be punished. We're different, you know, we grow, we're different people than we were years ago. I made decisions or took raps for people that I probably shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And imagine if that would affect me now for those uh-huh. choices. I was trying to be a ride or die or whatever yeah. I was trying to do back in the day. Like, so that could have possibly affected me now with my uh-huh. future. And I'm not even the same person I was back then. Yeah. You know, so. That's that. That's kind of like what I was like trying to get at too, though, because you got some people like such as yourself. It's like I don't have like no bad intentions of doing anything, and it's like here you are, I'm Caddy's cartridge. I have this to offer, but it's like say like if something done went wrong back when, they'll try to hold you back because of that, you know. And it's like keep it pushing. It's like you got it, you overcame it, and it's like I would just say to those people once it's decriminalized, because I believe it is. Yep, you know, coming. just come out, you know, and just find your way. Whether it's like something that you not want to do, just find your way getting into it because it seemed like Caddy's car just found her way. Yeah, thank you. Yep. I agree. Yep. Never give up, you know. Yep, keep on pushing. So um, 
Do you remember your first time smoking weed? <laughs> and like, when did you find your love for weed? Oh, man. I remember the first time I smoked weed, but I don't think I got high for sure. I did not know what I was doing. <laughs> because... Why was it? It wasn't one of them just. Yeah, it was like it was, one of those. It, yeah, it blow after, out. It was last day of school of the year and here smoke, but I didn't inhale. But... <laughs> 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 Did you pretend like you was high though? Was I, think you pretending? I, I think I pre convinced myself I was high because was high. I actually remember smoking it again when I was 17 with my aunt that I was living at the time and I got high and I was like, right. oh shit, right. this is I'm high. Time. <laughs> do you do you think that's because my wife, like she, I used to get mad, but like, man, you wasting my weight. You know, because you had to blow it out. But it's like, <laughs> do you think like that, that's a phase for like women, like as as an introduction, before they even learn how to smoke, they just hit it, blow out the smoke. Like you're no not even inhaling. Yeah. <laughs> I it. think a lot of people do that though. Like but they feel as out. if they yeah. high though. Yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of people do that. Yeah. 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 But once you get that that inhalation, you inhale it, you feel, you felt it when you, what you said you were with your aunt. Yes. Did she I make it? Did, did, did she show you? Did she say like, "Here you go, like go like, hit no, it"? No, I just way. must have hit it right that time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh uh, man, did did um did your love for weed help influence you know your cooking and stuff like that? Certain stuff that you come up with. Um. Hmm. I just like Google, and I just come up with different. I want to try try different. Um, ethnicity foods mm -hmm. and yeah. just try different things so do you cook with cannabis um, or have you cooked with cannabis i don't but my mom does don't yeah, she, told us. she told us yeah, yeah. Huh. so she i don't but I, hopefully she'll teach me maybe i will soon uh -huh. i've been watching the little shows like how they put the little the thc's and the cbd's up in there in the but i haven't been to one of these restaurants though mm -hmm. i haven't even tried it myself i probably fall asleep right there <laughs> they say though, but they say it's like once you, you you cook with your THC, you put it up in there, you get the person high, but then it's like they hit you with like a dessert that's like CBD based. Mm -hmm. And it's like it is it oh, reels wow. you back on in. You won't be all high or whatever it may be. It just you high, but you mellowed out. Right, right. I want to try it out though. I haven't like went and did it. I eat edibles and things of such. You get blowed like like that way if you're talking about eating. But I haven't found the right like CBD product to where it's like I can use to bag that up. Right. Um, I've been experiencing experiencing more now with edibles and stuff. But um, I kind of been just hitting the cartridges a lot because mm -hmm. it keeps me focused during the day. Right. The anxiety isn't out there, but it doesn't get me too high. And I'm able to get my you know get my stuff done and still be functional. And I want to take a nap. Um, right. So the edibles, I know I'm going to want to maybe just chill at home mm -hmm. and not go anywhere just so I know huh. I'm not, you know, it doesn't hit me an hour later and I'm just stuck somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, so in today's age, you prefer like the, the vaping or the flower? Um, to be honest, I like both. I like the flower when I'm just chilling at home and I'm not going to go anywhere and at the end of the night. I like to smoke a bowl or mm -hmm. a blunt, whatever. During the day, I like my cartridges. Do you feel like if it's a, it's a different high? Or it's like, if you do your cartridge right, you're on the same level? Oh, yeah. See, if I happen to hold my cartridge in my hand, it becomes a habit, and I'm smoking mm -hmm. and smoking, I'm going to get super high. So 
I just kind of hit it once, put it back in my bag. and mm-hmm. But I could get equally just as stoned with the cartridges as with the flour. I believe that coming from Caddy's cartridge, I, I agree 100%. Yep. It was something you had on there. It's like like you was comparing like a cartridge to something that's like just thrown together. Mm-hmm. And like how you say, you say you take pride in things that you do and how you produce it out. So like tell us like like what's the difference between Caddy's cartridges and and certain others? Um, there's a lot of fake cartridges, a lot of raw, uh, fake distillate um, that's not tested in the labs that are being put into name brand packaging, mm-hmm. like yeah. the, that everybody's the ones that everybody loves, you know. So because they're making more on the pennies on the dollar, the smoke shops or whoever's selling them, but um, I feel like the quality speaks for itself. And when you, you happen to buy that, because it's a little bit cheaper. But just be prepared to know what you're putting in your lungs, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. it's just not healthy for you. Yeah, yeah. I agree that. So I'm going to tell you this experience that I did have, like, with a cartridge. And it was, like, one of the reasons why I stopped using it. Because it's like they tell you, like, the the brighter the liquid, like, the more you can see through it, the better it is. Mm-hmm. The darker it is, it's like, mm, you know what I'm saying? It's like put together. I was fooled, you know? So it's like I go in there, I grab the one that's, like, clear you can see through it right going through hitting it you know what i'm saying the next day i get up it's like you can see it starting to actually turn you know what i'm saying blackish brownish right you know so it's like it's something up in there that wasn't quite right mm-hmm. you know but then it's like later on down the road i start trying again actually big j gave me one you know and it was like it was cool i went all the way through it finding other ones but it's like again i go back to caddy's cartridge because that's I went through that one kind of like quick, me going to work and everything. And it's like, I haven't went through no cartridge like that, you know? And it's like, I felt my little buzz and everything, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I see that and I'm like, man, there's finally somebody here that like cares about Mm -hmm. what they doing. Cause it's like, I see you got like, this is this step I went through. This is that step I went through. And it's like me being a consumer of it, you know? And it's like, I'm like, bam, there it is. There's the biggest difference. You know, and it's like it's guaranteed. You know, me using it, like I, I mess with Caddy's cartridge. Well, yeah, big you. ups. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them too, they burn their. You know, it's overcooked. They're mm-hmm. burning off the, the turb, and um, so that's a lot to do with it too. Or maybe you know, if your pen starts off clear and then it turns brown, maybe your pen's too high too, and it's burning of the oil. Mm. So that could be reason as well. But you definitely want to look for good quality oil in your cartridges. Most definitely. So with these cartridges, it's like you have the card. Do you have the batteries and everything to go with the cartridge? Yeah, I actually just dropped my buttonless universal batteries. There you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, um, I have the matching universal battery for the cartridges as well Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. So pretty much it's like to avoid like because like if I go back to my incident, it's kind of like like maybe my battery was too high like for that cartridge. So it's pretty much once you get a Caddy's cartridge and you get the battery to go with it, you got the perfect temp to get the perfect hit to enjoy the perfect cartridge. Right? For sure. Definitely. Because it's compatible. Mm-hmm. Yes. So are are you um working on on getting your product in dispensaries and shops and stuff? Yes, I am. I actually just put a sales rep together, a sales rep team together oh. to get out here and hit the streets. Um, mm-hmm. 
to be my voice now so I could kind of take a step back in it all because the first round was deliveries. I did it myself. You know, I pulled up on people myself. But this time, um, I have a team. That's so um, we're working on getting into dispensaries and smoke shops now because mm -hmm. I do have the universal battery. So yeah. it's going to be a great thing. Yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah. I believe so too, though. And now but we're dropping the full gram cartridges so you don't have to worry about going through your... Cartridge That's so quickly. Y'all yeah. hear that? Caddy's cartridge, they got the full grams. Coming, coming What's the soul. dosage on your full gram? Let them know what that dosage is. Um, I'm at 99% cannabinoids. So 92.86 something percent THC and a 0.982% CBD. Uh, Man, you're ready. a quality product. Yeah. Yep, quality Fire. product. <laughs> Man. So what, what, what are you planning on taking it? Because you seem like the kind of person that like to plan ahead. So where are you planning on taking it from there after the after the cartridges and stuff? Um, with the cartridges, I actually well after the cartridges, I plan on just doing this forever. To be honest, that's I right. want to be in the that's cannabis right. industry. This I used to promo in cannabis industry mm -hmm. too. So it's for me. It's been, I mean, I've been a stoner forever. It's just part of my life. So it's so. pretty much a takeover. You come in oh. to take over the yes. cartridge business. Oh, everything. Yeah. Do you go to like Kushstock? You've been to Kushstock before? I'm going October 8th. I'm going to have a booth at Kushstock. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. we're going to be in the house. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been to like um, the Cannabis Awards and um, High Times and stuff like that? I did. Uh, when I promo modeled, I did work those events. Okay. Um, uh, with actually LA Kush. I yeah. used to promo model with them. And yeah. Yeah, we see that. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. So when they first started, I think they were CH, I forget what their name was before, but. So, yeah, I've been in that industry for a while, so. Oh, that's cool. Hopefully, I'm going to have girls out there working the booths. Like, I used to promo model. I'm going to hire girls now, so. <laughs> that's dope. And elevation, like a motherfucker. That's, that's, that's a good thing. So, at this, at, at this upcoming Kush Stock, this is going to be your first Kush Stock that you're going to? It will be, yes. So, do you, it, it's just going to be you, like, promoting your product, or do you have your team? You got the girls that's going to get out there, too? I'm definitely going to have a booth at the Kushstock, so I will be vending there. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see that, man. Yeah, so I'm putting my team together right now as we speak. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, we, we just did um, Burning Trees um, a few weeks ago. That was a dope, dope event. And, you know, it was a lot of vendors there, too. And the way things are, like, legalized and the way it's trending weed, weed everywhere... You know, it's a lot of different events that always pop up and that's happening. So it's 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 ways to get out there and advertise, you know, your merchandise, your products and stuff like mm -hmm. that with it being hard, like with social media. So that's why I think um, decriminalization is a big thing. What do you think about that as far as not really being able to promote through social media because your, mm -hmm. your accounts get took down and shit like that? Yeah, um, you know, I'm getting flagged a lot, like in short period of time and... Um so it's just all about your wording, mm -hmm. um, the things you've put on there. You can't put sale at all, even if it's a little flash emoji or something. Yeah. Um, so I've learned how to reword things and, you know, just kind of promote it. I feel like now, too, my social media ran its course. Mm -hmm. So I still promote, but I don't do it for customers anymore because mm -hmm. they've already showed me love. Some people don't even want to show love anymore. They just want to watch to see mm -hmm. if you're going to do it. Right. As now I'm more focused on the brand, so I don't want people to really focus on who I am as my image. Mm -hmm. So I want, I, now I want the brand to speak for itself. 
So, um, yeah, I just think that it just, you know, it's always supposed to work out that way. Yep. Eventually just vanish, and then the quality and the brand speaks for itself. That's it. Yeah. Yep. You can see the growth in it, too, though, because it's like once you do start, like how you say the wording, it's like you wouldn't know what to say. You know what I'm saying? So you put it how you feel it. But, like, once you start to elevate, you're getting your paperwork right, I'm getting my licenses, I'm starting to brand. You know, so it's like you, you tend to read more, you get to learn a different language. Mm -hmm. So you speak the language of, of, of business. You know, I mean business about this. I'm not here just clowning around. Right. So it's like like for those like coming up, it's like you wouldn't know what to say. You can't even tell a person what to say until you actually put in the footwork yourself. Because my words is my words. Caddy's right. words is hers. Mm -hmm. You know, so once you like elevate yourself, your way that you're gonna go in the can in the cannabis industry, as far as like like branding it. Man, you got to learn the lingo, and you Definitely. can get through that loophole to like mm -hmm. with that with the advertising because that is it. It, it kind of sucks, you know, that you got to like you got to wait to these pop up events or word of mouth to get mm -hmm. you know my brand out versus to where it's like, man, let me get like a a, a, a 15, 20 second Super Bowl day uh, commercial. <laughs> like, man, imagine how big oh, yeah. you know people yeah. like so millions of people. I'm. I can't wait to this decriminalization of it because it opens the door definitely. a lot of different ways. Yep, most definitely. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like people have asked me, um, how did how did you do it? And I, I pretty much just like, you know, just self-teaching, getting out there, doing the footwork, meeting people, ask questions. Um, people are very surprised at me when I walk into Terp Warehouse and talk ratios of terp and mm -hmm. how high mm -hmm. should I cook it? And the guy's looking at me like, are you kidding me right now? Uh, are you really doing, I was like, no, I'm really doing up. this nice. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, hell yeah. Like just, you know, so people love to see that new drive in that industry because it's a male dominated industry as well. So when they see a woman come in and is like, so is passionate about it and yeah. you know, um, and then I, I go home and I make a new strain and I'm just like, Oh my God, I got it. It's just so exciting for me because also I do love to cook. So it's kind of mm -hmm. similar right. at the same time. Because um, you cook. So yeah, I, yeah. I really take pride in all that. Like the taste of it, the quality of it, the look of it. Just the all process. of that. Mm -hmm. do, do you feel a difference like being a woman in the cannabis industry with it being male dominant? Have you noticed any differences or is your push just a consistent push? Um. Yeah, I think that it has an advantage too mm -hmm. sometimes. I can see that. Being soft on the eye helps, you know? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it has an advantages, yeah. but also I thought, I think that was very important for me to hire male sales reps mm -hmm. because a lot of these places want to do business with men and that's just what it is. But um, I'm like, I could close the deal if you need me, you know what I mean? But it's just kind of going out and seeing how each individual works or who they want to do business with. I think that when um, people respect your hard work, mm -hmm. they don't care if you're male or female. Or female, yep. That's true. So. That's what's up. Yeah, that's kind of like, I, I've seen, that, that's kind of like unfair though, because if you are like, even if you are soft on the eyes, 
be just because I'm soft <laughs> on the eyes, I really have, you know, something to offer. Yeah. And it's like I'm some of them probably fear that. And the only reason why I can relate to it because of the type of business I'm in. Like I'm a building inspector. And there's certain job sites that I go to, people who've been here for like years, and it's like I'm the inspector here. So it's like certain things I say goes. And they look at me like, you, yeah. dude, please. But then once I open my mouth and I get to talking, like I know what I'm talking about. This is not like for play. It's kind of intimidating to people who think they know something. Definitely. I think you that know? they probably um, may not take me seriously at first because mm -hmm. I'm a woman or, you know, whatever. They might have their thoughts of who I am or my past or right. whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. So I might not be taken seriously, but I think that because I'm so knowledgeable at what I'm mm -hmm. doing and I'm going so hard on it that they have no choice. They're not going to have a choice but to fuck with me. Yep. Like, you know, eventually yep. they're going to have no choice. Yep. I believe <laughs> that. And that's a good way to think, too. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And it's like, I think, like a woman's perspective, it brings something different to it, too, though. Because sometimes, like we as men, we sometimes we are aggressive. Like with some of the stuff that we do, I want it this way, I want it that way. But then it's like if you just like get like a the soft touch, be like mm, it's like this, and then bam, you got a million dollar product, you know. So it's like I I don't think like the women of the game should be shut out, but I feel y'all should still fight like for the for the top spot. <laughs> I plan on it. Yep, yep. <laughs> so um, tell everybody where they can find you at. So you can find me at caddies underscore underscore cartridges. Um, that's Caddy's Cartridge's Instagram page. Yep. And also, I'm on IG at, at Caddy Corinne. Yep. And your website? My web, my website is shopcaddyscorner.com. Yep, yep. So check her out at all them different locations. We definitely appreciate you coming you to so sit down with us. It was a dope interview. And, uh, yeah, best way to smoke. Serpo Jane. Big Jane. Caddy's Cartridge. Caddy's Cartridge. Yeah, that was dope.